So, uh, this is Help Us Not On The Way. Yeah, with some. something. I don't know. I don't remember which. Uh, 12, maybe? 13? Yeah, maybe something like that. It's, it's been 13. a while. Well, I shouldn't say it's been a while. It's It's been a while since one has been posted, and, and I'm feeling good about this one. We're doing a lot of them, but we're having technical difficulties after the fact. Yeah. So we will get there. We will get more posted. But for now, help is not on the way. Um, 12, 13, 14, one of those. And hopefully, yeah. knock on wood. This one works. This is Mark Dustin. And Kevin Ballman. And help is not on the way. Yeah. And so um, we've got some pretty... Um, we kind of shot from the hip today, didn't we? We did. In fact, we weren't even uh, certain that this was going to be the podcast, but... Uh, I think we've got some good topics. What did you bring today? So I think this is something that can be, I've been wanting to explore this for a while and I think it's a good start and there are plenty more of them. I'm looking forward to getting into them. I think we'll enjoy this one. This is, uh, I've got two stories today if we have time. Um, They're uh, each uh, about sort of nautical disasters, but nautical disasters that were like at launch. At launch. You know, sort of like at... Yeah. <laughs> kind of like failure to launch. Failure to launch, exactly. Yes, it's a very big failure to launch. Yeah. They didn't make it out of the... These these birds didn't make it out of their nests. <laughs> and, you know, I'm trying something different today, too, which is I'm, I'm kind of trying a topic as opposed to a specific story. Yeah, okay. So, uh, which I think, uh, similar to what you you were just mentioning, this could lead to many, many stories. This is a huge, huge topic what are we talking about here uh cults oh that's a big topic (laughs) i like that so it's only going to scratch the surface really but we'll mention some of the big ones let's do it all right you feel like going first sure cults always kind of go first yeah let me let me try to try to remember something you know interesting here (laughs) like uh as if it's hard right um but you know I, i i kind of i started today you know, uh, I have another job, as do you, and I'm listening to For now. a bunch of podcasts, and I somehow get onto um, the topic of cults, mm-hmm. and I just start listening and listening and listening, and um, and I remember back to my college days. My my degree was in sociology, and we studied some cults. Yeah. And so that was really a fascinating thing for me, and um, so it, today I kind of delved in deep and uh it's super fascinating but it's also it's it's disturbing oh yeah i mean the 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 whole the whole uh kind of the the character traits of both the leaders and the followers and the 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 dynamics of the whole thing were are endlessly fascinating And and i think part of it is because it it doesn't seem like me i can't understand it i watched uh a podcast of a woman who had been a part of a cult. Mm-hmm. I'll put this in the, the notes when we um, publish the podcast. But she was a former member of a cult. Um, she left, and now she's a sociologist that studies cults. Yeah. And so she was taking questions. And, and you know, this is, this is a video, um, so I didn't get to pose any questions. But people were asking, how can people follow these crazy, deranged, weirdo people? And uh, she was saying that, you know, usually they're not deranged, weirdo seeming people yeah, yeah. at the beginning. Right. So they're charismatic, you know, people who, um, you know, they're, they're narcissists. Mm-hmm. They think highly of themselves. And once the snowball starts to roll, 
um, they start to feel almost like they can do no wrong. Well, they, and they build themselves up that way. So they, yeah. So aren't they, um, you know, the, the idea being that they're going, they, they, they're generally very intelligent and narcissists, narcissists usually are, and they are, they know how to sort of bring you along. They know how to ingratiate themselves with you. They know how to, they know how to play a role until, and they fill, they fill a, a, like a need for the followers. Yeah. And oftentimes the followers are, you know, they, they are good at preying on a certain segment of society, right? which is people who are often, it's like, you know, you've had a rough life or you're in a rough spot or you've just overcome something or you're, you're depressed. Yep. Whatever it is, they, they find you're seeking it. something, you're, you're missing something in your life. And they, and they, what you find with a lot of these people, cause I've read a lot of, of, of psychology stuff is that they, um, um, you, a great flag, which is kind of hard to see, by the way, is um, they they may talk a lot. They may talk to you. They may talk about things, but they're not talking about any vulnerabilities. But they are asking you about yours, and they're collecting data. So they may say stuff like, you know, a great, great r- reason is like the church stuff, because they'll talk a lot about God or whatever. So they're saying a lot. It sounds like they are. But they're not actually giving anything vulnerable about themselves, but they are finding out all sorts of information about you that they can exploit, you know? And what's interesting is, because that that was one of the things, you know, um, I was looking up some religions that Mm -hmm. I kind of think of as cults. Mm -hmm. And um, it's semantic. Sure. The difference between a religion, uh, a political movement, um, like populism. Sure. um, Maybe uh, um, a pyramid scheme or a multi-level marketing. Well, or you're standing cult. on the street corner in Los Angeles, you know, like waving a waving a sign for Britney Spears. And I'm not saying that it's not great that she's getting out of her conservatorship and all that other stuff. But like, why are you people so involved? I'm glad that right. they're helping, but like in that case, but like, why are you so glad to be so willing to be absorbed by someone else instead of your own? It is odd, and after watching all these videos and listening to all these podcasts, I still don't get it. No. I still don't. But, you know, I think there is, like, I talked to my wife about this, Shelby, and uh, I mentioned how I kind of think, after listening to these things, it's kind of like, um, have you ever gone into, say, like a car dealership, or you go in to buy skis or something, and there's the guy that tries the hard sale. Oh, yeah. And you're just like... Yeah. Get away from oh, me. God. You are creeping me it's out. It's the first way to get me out the door. Yeah. But you know what? It works for yeah. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And that I think is the difference. And one of the things this this woman said in her question is she said, this isn't going to work for everybody. And they don't care. They might even spend years, you know, grooming someone to join the cult. Mm-hmm. They're they're patient. They are methodical. They they start with we're just a welcoming group. Right. I'm just your friend. I'm here to help. Oh, you know what? You should meet my other friends. You should come you should come to church with me. You should yeah. come to the whatever the meeting. We're talking about the environment. It's great. Right, right, it's just right. we're just trying to do good things for humanity. And so in uh the people are by the time they realize they're in a cult, if they realize it at all. Yeah. They are so far along. They've been doing what they perceived as good things, and their their intentions probably were good mm-hmm. for so long that all of a sudden it's like, oh wow, everything I base my life on, 
is false. And so they mention, you know, things like cognitive dissonance, yeah. where all of a sudden the reality of the situation is crashing into your belief system. And when reality and your belief system come together, mm-hmm. people choose their belief system over reality. Right, right. Which is what we're dealing with right now, right? I mean, yeah. why would you take ivermectin and um, I can't, what, what, what was the other one that was bleach? before that? That uh, bleach, <laughs> flashlights bleach. in your, you yeah. know, whatever. Yeah. But there was that, that other drug that yeah. ended up not being... Sort of an R, is it? I don't remember. Not remdesivir. No, I, think I can't that one remember. Actually, was showing, showing promise. But anyway, I never read the names in their entirety. Yeah, they're, well, they're they're long. And I, I kind of sort of I don't sound to... them out. I kind of see them and then I go, "That's a word I'm not going to put in right, my body." I'm not going to remember that one because but, it's not approved but why by would, anybody. You know, why would you choose um, drugs that are have you you don't believe that a um, a drug that has gone through trials has been studied enough. Yeah. But the ones that haven't been through trials for this specific use, you believe are better. Yeah. And for, they're for horses though. Right. For horses. Right. And, and uh, so it's, it's odd, but this is, is like the, all the same kind of mentality. And so it kind of led me to things like um, Lou LaRoe, which was, we mentioned earlier is this was a MLM, multi-level marketing right. pyramid scheme yeah. to sell women's leggings uh-huh. or tights yeah. with ridiculously ugly patterns on them. Mm-hmm. They had ones that were called like, oh man, it was called like brown turd or something. They were supposed to be pine, pine cones and they said it looked like. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but there's, there's a whole, there's a whole um, documentary that really? I want to watch about this um on prime or something so it's like a company that. i don't even know this company you mentioned it but um uh it's a company that was sort of like avon mm-hmm. it's employed women yeah. or you know whatever tupperware or a, yeah Family. avon lady tupperware all that stuff yeah so they it would get you know obviously typically women i'm sure to like get parties together with their friends and like show all the patterns or something like that and try to like you know get them excited about it and it's a great way to socialize and right. you're going to have, you want to get together anyway. And instead yeah, of talking of about books that one of somebody mentioned is that like go on a mom's group forum and it will be filled with, you know, people talking about their multi-level marketing groups. They don't call they, and they're not usually saying that I think, and I think MLM is like the nice version of, they're not going to say, Hey, join my pyramid scheme. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah they're yeah. like, Hey, I've got this great business opportunity. Yeah. Why don't you come and, and check it out? And uh, I actually got invited to one once and I had no idea what I was in for. I was, you know, um, I don't know, 20, uh-huh. something like that. I, I, I think it was in college or ju- just graduating college. I can't remember. And a, a friend who I mountain bike raced with said, Kevin, hey, um, I'm working with this company. They're amazing. Uh, I, I think you... You don't have the personality it would be great at sales i was like oh okay sure and i showed up and it was um a giant room with like 80 people sitting at tables and i was instantly freaked out yeah and i went and sat down and they got um they had this whole presentation about financial independence and helping people with whatever and i was like this is bullshit. Yeah. And I got up in the middle and I walked out and they, they tried to stop me at the door and get my name and number so they could contact me to finish up, you know, 
giving me the presentation. Wow. And I was like, I'm not leaving because I have to go somewhere. I'm leaving because I want nothing to do with this. And they were like, well, you know, why don't, how about if we call you tomorrow? And I was like, I am not giving you my name and number. That of is course, my hard... friend had it, but I did. He contacted me and said, why'd you leave? And I said, don't ever talk to me again. This no. was like, I mean, you basically, you basically, you 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 didn't tell me what was going yeah. on, and I walked into this. Yeah, and it was not okay. Well, you felt totally betrayed. By oh that. yeah, we were we we never spoke again after that. So I can I can entirely relate to that because that's 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 the feeling of oh what happened what fell, it's the feeling of um, like your immediate all of your alarm bells just went off. You know, and and you're just in, in an incredibly, it, 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 as you mentioned, it's kind of like a like uh, a, a used car salesman and how people buy into it. And other people are like me and you or who are just like, you just turned me so off. I want nothing to do with this place. I want to leave. Right. And the, the way I have always described it in myself, and I think that it's probably, I don't know if this is exactly accurate, but it's kind of a way I put it is like, I, I'm not a participant, you know, like I don't participate it doesn't mean I, I do, of course, right. like I, I hang out with people. We do all sorts of fun stuff together. But when it comes to anything that's just like, hey, you want to come to my, I'm like, mm. I'm not a participant. I don't participate. It, it is funny because um, I'm not going to mention, go into too much details because it hasn't happened yet. But somebody I know was invited to something and they're kind of uncomfortable by the whole situation. But they already said yes before they knew exactly what it was. And they're getting a ride with somebody else, and they're like, no, I'm trapped. Now you're trapped. Yeah, they can't just yeah. leave. And I, I completely understand that feeling because this is I, I'm a similar person to you and this other person in that I think, um, you know, like, I, yeah, you know what? how I'm a participant? I'll go mountain biking with Mark. Sure. I'll go play hockey yeah. with a group of guys. But, you know, it's like I'm not also going to then go to church with that group of guys. Right, right, right. Or yeah. to some, you know, motivational speaker with that group of yeah, guys. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or try to sell, you know, monogrammed hockey tape, you know, uh, yeah, through yeah. house parties with that. No way. No, right. Guys. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's something I've uh, it's come up recently in my life is because is we have we have kids and, and we're talking, thinking about like that whole the ability to to escape a situation i mean of course there's many 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 reasons we could go into why that's necessary but i mean even just in the most base level you're at some you 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 get in a car with somebody and you go to some party when you're in high school or whatever and next thing you know you're mm. you're there and they don't want to leave and then you're stuck there in the woods oh, at this yeah. house and you're like i don't want to be here you know like that i mean I, that's how i was as as a uh, you know teenager i was always really really leery i was always thinking how will I get out of this situation if I get there and I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to be here for four more hours yeah. and these people are morons yeah. and I want nothing to do with yeah. this. Like, I'm hating my, my life right now. How do I get out of this? And I wonder, you know, with cults, um, do I, I'm thinking that either the people don't see it until right. it's, till they feel it's too late or, or they have this nagging feeling on the in the back of their mind for a long period of time but they kind of push it away because there's other parts of this that are so so helpful in their, yeah. in their time of need yeah you know like there's their support group they're looking for yeah, something I mean, yeah this whole thing about like recruiting young women for you know the leader is a little weird 
But he says if he doesn't have sex with young girls, he'll die. So right. And that, that was one of them, by the and way. And that comes in, yeah, at a certain point. And, but you think about it, there's also a similarity to gangs. I mean, it, you know, you're, you're, you're disaffected, you've got a troubled youth or a troubled t- something's troubled you in your life, you're looking for something, whatever that may be, and next thing you know, then this guy's selling it. You right. know what I mean? And he's selling it well, and he seems honest. And hey, other people seem to have done things and worked things out. There've and been... doesn't, I mean, that sounds a lot like, you know, I, I'm not saying this is a cult, but... I think it might be close. Born again Christianity oh, yeah. is often people find that at their darkest hour. Like yeah. they're a drug addict. They're going out and finding prostitutes. Their their whole life is falling apart, and they just dis- they discover this, and it's kind of like the thing that they grasp onto. And one of so the 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 cults fall into several different categories, including, of course, the first one is religious. Mm-hmm. Second is therapy slash self-awareness. Sure. So this is kind of like people can take advantage of, you know, the situation with um, uh, therapy and self-awareness. You know, uh, a, a lot of times things are kind of about self-improvement. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, the third is political, which, of course, we already discussed that. I mean, yeah. I, I kind of think the... Um, that the GOP is, it seems to be uh, a giant cult right now. And the reason I say that is I'm, I'm not trying to be, uh, what's the term here um, that I'm thinking? I'm not trying to be... Um, uh, like partisan I'm or... I'm not trying to be outrageous here. Right, right. But one of, some of the things with cults is that uh, you are not allowed to question the leader. Right. And if you do, you are to be you know, basically ostracized, yes, yeah, ostracized yeah. Uh, berated until you either, <clears throat> until you either acquiesce and come back to the fold or you leave yeah. permanently, you're gone. Uh, and so that, I mean, that's like, that's the Republican party right now. You cannot question whether you can't say like you, you become, if you say, I don't believe the election was stolen. You are now Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger, and like yeah. they're or Mitt Romney. I mean, you're basically not you're a Republican, a pariah, anymore. right? Now, we, of course, I'm not. I don't want to go into a whole political thing here, but but it does come down to belief, right? Yes. And so that is all, 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 the underlying thing of all of these is some sort of belief. And the and, the one thing that I, I wonder about with Donald Trump is he's become kind of like the charismatic leader. But when people talk about why do people follow weird, creepy people, he was already weird and creepy yeah. before they started to follow him. Yeah, so. Yeah. I don't have an answer for how that one worked out. Because, I mean, he didn't just make his hair and skin orange like recently. <laughs> I mean, he always looked like a clown. I mean, he's been that way for yeah. a long time. So yeah, no, that's true. That one doesn't kind of fit into, like, apparently David Koresh and uh, Charles Manson and these yeah. people, they actually were uh, charismatic and, yeah. you know, charming people in a sense. But I don't think Donald Trump ever was. Um, the, the next one is a is commercial. And which I think is kind of like the LuLaRoe thing, the MLM. Mm-hmm. This is kind of like commercial things. New Age, which, of course, we talked about um, the one that is, what, Wild Wild... Um, wild Wild Country yeah, on wild, Netflix. Wild Wild Country. That kind, of, that's, um, that, that kind of falls into that category. And yes. the sixth one is Satanic and Ritual Abuse. Yum. I didn't find a whole, whole lot of those. Well, because into. it's... Yeah, because it's, it's something that... It's 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 not there, there's something mainstream about all of these, right? Like the ones that work and are their their biggest. There's there's religion, hugely mainstream. 
um, all sorts of different types of religion and variations on the theme. But ultimately, um, there's sort of self-improvement improvement, and that's, that's so, that's got to be the bit, you know, such a huge one because of so many seekers out there who are at vulnerable times in their lives or maybe vulnerable across the board. Well, and how many things kind of cross borders? Because if you think about, um, uh, I'm trying to think of the church down in Texas, uh, there's so many, but like Joel Osteen. Yes. I can't think of the name uh, either. Um, anyway, but his would kind of cross over between, um, you know, self-awareness, religious, and almost a commercial or maybe even new age. I mean, he, he is, his church fits into probably three to four of those because he really preaches uh, prosperity. I, th- what, I think they call it the prosperity gospel. Like God makes people rich who deserve to be rich. And if you aren't rich, it's because you don't deserve to be rich. It's 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 a great it's a great angle for somebody who really just wants to enjoy the spoils of war, right? And they want to be on a private jet. You, you're never going to get called out for it if you're waving. If you're if you get ahead of it, well, you know, I mean, the whole I mean, God wants me to be super super successful. So, and what's interesting about it is, so there's really, from what I could ascertain, there's really three. Uh, things that drive cult leaders, and that is power mm-hmm. and money and sex. Yeah. Or all three. Yeah. And so, you know, so many of these, it is all three. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's it's always power. Power, Mostly power. Mostly money. Yeah. And often sex. And and power really just sort of like is the overarching because they, cause the other two sort of follow that. That's right. If you have power, you can have money and sex. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um what I what I wanted to mention were, um, you know, a, a couple of the uh, most uh, egregious kind of modern cults. Oh, yeah. So there was Jim Jones. Oh, yeah. What, and, the, um, I mean, what a crazy story. No, what was he? He was the the People's Church? No. Yes. Uh, the, uh, the People's Temple. The People's Temple. The People's Temple. And, I mean, just... That that could be a multi-series podcast just talking about that. And of course, so much has been done about it. So I'm not I'm not going to try and do it better yeah. than other people mm-hmm. have done. But I mean, in the end, 918 dead. Yeah. In in the cult itself. But what's interesting is like you know there was the uh, a congressional delegation went down there yep. to investigate. Five mm-hmm. of those people were murdered. Yeah, 11, at the, at the, on the tarmac as they were trying to fly out. That's or something. right. Yeah, yeah. And one of them is still. I think she's a congresswoman today. Really, she's one of the survivors. Well, and 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 one of the themes here that I will probably see across the board here is that not across the board, but in many situations, certainly the ones that explode like this, like uh, the Branch Davidians and and like others, is that is that um, it's a, a, at a certain point a self-fulfilling prophecy is created. They kind of paint themselves into a corner, but in a sense, almost as though that was their intention from the beginning. It's like, if you go and shoot, a, you know, if you, if, you, if you drag all these people down to Guyana, or wherever they were, and weird stuff, and you got kids down there and stuff, and they're all so many Americans, someone's going to come checking on you. Well, and, and then some if you of chase people... them to the airport and kill them... Right. Now, of course, they're going to come for you. Now you've just you've just designed the whole thing. You Which, know? So it's interesting because there were, you know, there are, are there were dynamics involved, family dynamics where, say, you know, one one of the parents took their kids to this Guyanan, yeah. you know, commune. The other parent wasn't into mm-hmm. this and did not go. So now there's this whole like, uh, I don't want my kids there. 
People had whole, um, you know, legal battles to try and get their kids out of there. I'm and sure. their kids ended up dead. Yeah. Um, and so you know that by by taking, breaking families apart and taking part of the family to another country, to this crazy commune, that people are going to start saying, what the heck is going on down there? People aren't just going to go, that's okay. I've got another kid. I don't really need that one. Yeah, you know, yeah, the, yeah. People there are going to people f- questioning it from the states, calling their Congress people and going like, "Hey, what the heck?" You right. know, I can't, I can't get my kid back. I don't know what's going on. And um, so they went down to investigate. They ambushed them on the airfield, yep. murdered five of them, and then there's so there's this whole recording you can listen to on Wikipedia in which Jim Jones is kind of like talking about now is the time yeah they need to end it all and it's a it's long right it is it's like 45 minutes or yeah. something like that mm-hmm. and um there's people there that are questioning one woman in particular you can hear her voice throughout the thing she's questioning whether this is what they should be doing i don't think like dying is the end of it and he's kind of like well you know i'd rather choose my own way of death everybody dies eventually and people are like yeah yeah it's almost got a revivalist feeling yeah. to it it's insane. It's so crazy. And so that's why I, when I hear people asking these questions, like, how could people do that? I mean, this is, I think, what they're thinking of. And like, how do you get to the point where you're like, yeah, yeah, give me the Kool-Aid. Well, Let's end it. I'm going to make my kids drink it too. And that's the thing is that there's now a saying in American culture, maybe it's even drinking translated, the right? drinking the Kool-Aid. And, how, and it's sort of like, it reminds me of when I was younger and people would, you know, um, you know, you, you, you knew somebody who died of a, like a heroin overdose or something. you you heard about, you read about, you know, you read Burroughs or you read all this stuff and you knew all about these people in this whole, the whole minefield of like drug use, something like that. And you're just like, you know, there's, there's so many people before who have, who've walked a path that are telling me like, like all I have to do is ask one of them and they're going to say, don't do it, man. It's not. And and this is a great example of it. It's like, you know, we have a saying called drinking the Kool-Aid. Don't join heaven's gate. It's drinking the Kool-Aid. Like it's, it's almost like it is on you in a way, although unfortunately for a lot of people it it isn't because they're maybe not in the best headspace or they have children involved, but like it is a bit on you. We should know this by now. Right. You know, don't do, don't cross the street in, in while during, while, while during oncoming traffic and don't join a cult. Like don't follow somebody who seems charismatic in the beginning and has all sorts of ideas and not be surprised when he starts to get crazy. I mean, basically there is nobody out there that has all the answers for you. Let's just start with that premise, right? Right. Um, And I I would go so far as to say your priest, your rabbi, your whatever but of course that's me your barista yeah your barista well not well my barista well not yours (laughs) right because you're your own barista (laughs) i definitely don't have all the answers answers. (laughs) but so there's you know there's the heaven's gate cult yes and and you mentioned um what was uh, the guy's name he had a strange name was like yes let me, I have that one open right here, the Heaven's Gate cult. And that was... Because his wife died. Yes, and he, of cancer. It, it was the two of them. And yep. then they it started... It was Bonnie Nettles. Yep. And Marshall Applewhite. Applewhite. Yes. Yeah. But he, ha- I think he had a sort of another name. Okay, anyway, yeah. And, and they ended up with 39 dead from suicide. Yeah. And they were, they were known because this was, this was a very odd, I mean... It, it again mixed. I, I, I don't know, Mark. I can I cannot comprehend. It's it's almost like me trying to understand, you know, additional dimensions beyond, you know, the normal dimensions that we as 
lay people understand. Oh, yeah. Trying to understand, you know, say the multiverse or something of these kinds of, you know, quantum physics realms. I can't understand it. I, I can't understand this either. So they they mixed um, Christian millennial millennialism, new age and ufology. Yeah. Because they believe they thought how it was like a comet was going over hail bop hail bop comet yes and, and his was a name spaceship behind it that's right it was gonna it, pick him that up. was in the dust or something like that it was yes. concealed in the dust or something weird like that right I remember this whole thing because this was the eighties late eighties oh yeah well no it was it was late nineties when it actually happened I think oh right is right. it and, and um, uh, was it yeah nineteen ninety seven yes. Yeah, so I mean, I was yeah, yeah we were this was, old enough to be aware, teenager, late teenager, and 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 um, and he no later than that, he yeah. um, his name was Doe, I believe, or he, it's pronounced D. I mean, spelled D O, but it's not Do. I think it was Doe. That's what it is. I remember I said he had like a kind oh, of right. a crazy name. Yes, so that many many of these people, I mean, they're del- I mean they're not delusional. They're they're, but they're. So they're self-aggrandizing. They're narcissists. They're, uh, I, I, those are the only types of people that I can come up with yeah. that would give themselves strange names and titles and say that they're the second coming of Christ yeah. or some kind of, you know. Well, I mean, you, you must, there must be things like certain bizarre types of, you know, um, um, delusional people with, with depression and all sorts of things. I mean, there's some weird brain stuff going on in here. Well, and I mean, with Jim Jones, he was, if you, um, there's an interesting series, again, I'll put this in the notes, but, uh, a psychologist who kind of goes through, um, you know, these, several of these different, uh, cult leaders and Jim Jones had a, a childhood that was very kind of, his mom was constantly saying that he basically was a cult leader, that sure. he was this like oh. fantastical guy who was going to be a great leader of, right. of these things. And um, he was also kind of like an outcast. And he had just all these kinds of things that uh, I'm not saying that, you know, obviously many people have out, uh, up, parents up, who, yeah, bringings that are rough. Yeah. yeah and they yeah. don't all end up having 900 plus people drink cyanide lace kool-aid well and you know speaking to that you know um a lot of pressure put on a kid and told he's all these great things right and weird probably mom thing whatever and it's interesting that that that's not what happened to jesus right who was born the son of god and who was aggrandized throughout his youth right to the virgin mary to his to a mother to a mother figure without a father figure, but the father figure was existed, but not, but in, 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 in sort of in a, in, in a sort of a, a separated ethereal world that you couldn't actually, you're talking about God. Yeah. But what about Joseph? Um, I mean the, the, the guy was there even though he wasn't really he, the dad. He's kind of a bit of a punching bag that Joseph, yeah, don't you is. think maybe a bit of like, and then a, everybody's just like Joseph who, like whatever Joseph happened who? to that guy. Yeah. There's, yeah. Yeah. How, how many statues of Joseph are there? Joseph's like the guy. I might have mentioned this in a previous podcast, but Joseph's like the, like the like the guy on the like the pilot of the airplane that like has Buddy Holly in the back, right? Who nobody remembers Buddy any any anyone on the airplane except the famous Buddy guy. Holly. You know what I mean? Like that's it. The big bopper. <laughs> that's or right. Whatever it was. No, <laughs> was it? Was he the big I think bopper? It was the big bopper? Um, that's it. 
That's the guy they remember. Buddy Holly and Big Bopper. That's right. And yeah. crashed into a Minnesota yeah. and, Skiria and or Wisconsin some, Skiria. And some guy named Joseph, who may or may not have right. been piloting the plane. Right. We're not yeah. really sure. Doesn't matter. Not really sure. Maybe there wasn't even a pilot. We, we found don't know. a boot. What do we care? And, the, you know, when you when you see the pictures of Jim Jones, like, kind of early on, it's like, he obvious, he's, the, the, the picture in Wikipedia, he's he's wearing, like, a kind of a priest outfit. With the the black shirt with the white collar thing. Oh yeah, 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 I see but that. But then he's got like aviator glasses yeah. on. But yeah. by the end, he's got this weird bizarro like slicked down hair. Oh yeah, it's it's strange. I mean, he he obviously goes. He's he's drinking his own Kool Aid. Yeah. Um, there was uh, another cult called Angels Landing. I remember this so vaguely. You mentioned it previously. I want to hear. I want to look it up. So the guy's name is Daniel Perez, but he gives himself, of course, another name. Yeah, yeah. He goes by the name of Lou Castro. Yes. Says I'm looking this up as we go. Now he has, so he has has decided that he is, oh, I've read in multiple places, either multiple hundred-year-old angel or a thousand-year-old angel. Mm -hmm. Regardless, um, this is the kind of thing where you wonder, does he really believe it or is he just... He just thinks other people will believe it. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Um, But he has convinced his followers that he needs to have sex with young girls in order to stay alive. So uh, what he's doing, though, is collecting... The way they fund this cult is by collecting life insurance policies on the followers who die. Now, what's odd is that he he eventually is convicted of first-degree murder and then many, many cases of rape and, you know, all sorts of other terrible things, uh, endangerment to minors and all sorts of crazy things. But he, he drowns a woman... To collect her life insurance policy, but there's six other members who die in accidents whose whose life insurance policies he also collected. Man, there's some bad insurance adjusters right there. So yeah, right. <laughs> either either his followers were really unlucky, or they got they, they got, was there one insurance insurance investigator that investigated them all, and he happened to be a part of the Angels Landing cult. Yeah, by I chance. mean, he was getting ten percent. His last name was also Lou, yeah. Castro slash Perez. Right, exactly. Um, like a cousin, a distant cousin, you know. <laughs> now, and and you know, when speaking of the the leaders, when you, you the, the, this Applewhite guy from yeah. Heaven's Gate, yeah, when you see the original pictures of him, the like kind of early on. He looks like a fairly normal guy, but the the the, the most common one is this one. Oh, the one where his eyes, yeah. He, I mean, it's it's such a great still that he completely looks out of his mind. And that's when I think people say, well, "Who would follow that guy?" But apparently, you know, he didn't. Thirty nine people like followed that, that guy all the time. Um, which then, you know, kind of um, there's there's a couple more I want to mention before we move on to yours. All right. I know this is this could go on forever. Um, and it should. We should. We should. We definitely need to find some more of these. Charles Manson. Charles Manson. I mean, and basically a failed singer-songwriter, folk musician. He. I mean, what a crazy story! I didn't even know this part about him. Yeah. That he became friends with one of the Beach Boys 
Yeah. Not Brian Wilson, but the... It's, I think it was Mike... Was it Mike Love? No, the it was singer? the other Wilson. The other one. Okay. Okay. Mike. Yeah. Yeah. And he introduced him to like yep. record producers and all these things. And they actually got studio time for mm-hmm. him and he recorded all this thing, all these things. And this uh, some producer thought, wow, this whole package of Charles Manson and his like, and his family, what a great... Um, what a, it kind of reminds me of like Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. Or something yeah, 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 yeah. Except uh-huh. that I don't think that uh, what is what's his name he's from a, Edward Sharp? He's a cult serial killer, right? Right, right, right. <laughs> or a cult leader. He's gonna le- pied piper them right off a cliff, right? And in fact, I like his I like his music, but um, Charles Manson. You know, I I mean, what what crazy things that they did. But part of the whole thing with the Manson family is that um, oh, here it is, Dennis Wilson. Of the Beach Boys, right? I remember reading about this. But uh, so apparently, Charles Manson again. He's he's trying to find kind of like you know down and out women or pe- people in a transition in life or whatever. And he's really into using drugs. And of course, the seventies was kind of this time of exploration and let's drug use. And he would these like he would have them use LSD, mm-hmm. and they would think they had some kind of big spiritual awakening and things like that. How that led to let's go in and murder families, I'm oh, not yeah. sure. But well, it was like it was like heavily the tax guy or whatever it was, right? Because he was a real deep believer. Like, because I mean, I think I think all the women were involved, and they certainly were that were there. But it was it, I think a lot of it came down to this guy. I think his name was Tex, who really did the nastiest. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. That's not entirely true. But I think he, I think he was the on you know. On on site on the day, he was the guy who who started the Tex Watson. Tex Watson, yeah, he was the guy who like went in first. He was the aggressive male who believed everything and wasn't gonna stop. And once once a lot of that stuff starts to flare up, you know, it's 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 you know, it's like it's like you know a pack of animals attacking something. It's like it 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 just gets people get you know caught up in it all. And right, I'm not giving anyone a pass. I mean, some of the women, from what I understand, did some pretty horrifying things um but i think that tex was the one who was you know he was he was the he was branch manager when out on out on you know when when they were on uh out of the office there was a fascinating story i i did not revisit for this but about someone who survived yeah charles manson Uh uh-huh uh the manson family attempting to murder her yeah and um i think she's still alive but what a crazy story! But Sharon Sharon Tate, of course, is like the famous yeah, um, Plansky's wife, was it? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. He was away. He was away filming, and the, and, it, and by the way, it was the wrong people. They wanted to kill the people who used to own the house, not the people who were in the house. I don't. I believe. Oops. Because they had been. I think I, I might be wrong. I could be wrong. No, that might be not be them. But I'm pretty sure it was them. I I think. I think if memory serves, um, and anyone who's listening to this who's interested should should look it up because it is fascinating history. Um. I think that this couple, this wealthy couple had owned the house older and that's who they were going there to kill. Because they wanted money. Right. And it wasn't, they didn't know that the house had recently been bought by Plansky and Sharon Tate. They moved Seems like a big mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Although Plansky had money too, but yeah, maybe not where they thought it would be. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, 
Another one is David Kresh and the Branch Davidians. The Branch Davidians. I mean, that's such a... What a crazy one that was, too. And he had, I mean, he had already had, uh, when he was 19, impregnated a Mm 15-year-old. And yet somehow, somehow, he manages to build a following of people. Yeah. I mean, there's something, there's something... um, unbelievable about the ability of a cult leader to be able to do these things i mean like i don't do these bad things and i have trouble getting like you know 15 people to like an instagram post yeah right (laughs) i mean i mean but you look at i mean like his is sort of there's a sadness behind it too because he didn't i mean obviously his what he cared about was not what you what we care about he he really in a way I mean, he did a lot of nuts stuff. I mean, he, he absolutely brought it on himself at, at, at the, you know, at the, um, at the compound in Waco. Yeah. And, and, and all of those people who were caught in between were victims, you know, and, um, uh, he brought all of it on himself. I mean, if you're going to start stockpiling weapons and there's going to be rumors of you having sex with children or, or be adults having sex with children, you can pretty much assume the ATF's coming through the door yeah. sometime soon. Yeah, the feds are coming. Yeah, right. And so he brought it on. I mean, he brought, this is a self-fulfilling prophecy that he created. And all the while, of course, he's saying, they're going to come. We right. got to be, you know, okay, it's, it's, it's actually a kind of a common thing in America, at, like on a, on a, on a very like, like neighborhood level, like if they're going to come through the door, whoever they may be, right. and I need to be armed. And, but the very fact that you're armed tempts a lot of this, like, like you're tempting the very fact that you are who you are in many ways is tempting this to come through your door. You're it's, asking for It's kind for of it. like going on a wild chase, barricading yourself in a house and taking hostages and saying, they're coming for. They're coming. Well, of course they're coming right. for you. Like, what? What, what do you think? Yeah. You know, but 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 obviously that's the end goal. There is an end goal there. Sure, and and Jim Jones did the same thing. Totally and that the same was thing. When he talked about, you know, it's too late now. They shot, you know, the congressman right. on the runway. They're coming for us now. It's all over. That I've done everything. And he just, he was such a calm and collected guy right up to the end. Mm-hmm. About, um, it's unbelievable he was able to uh, keep that persona going while what he knew was coming. What's interesting is that and I think about that is that he he was able to he was able to he obviously he had a tight grasp on these people or grip on these people because he was able to at that moment make them so connected feel so connected to him that they were culpable in what happened. Like they were going to go home and be arrested. They wouldn't have been right. Like they didn't drive out there and kill anybody. Right, no. He did. Right. Yeah. And, 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 or his not I mean, nine, all 918 yeah, people were like going to be well accountable. For and that. Jim Jones would have been in trouble, but they were so connected to him that when he said they're coming to get us, yes, they thought they had this thing of, they never saw They didn't see a future beyond him. They no. didn't say, well, okay, man, that was dumb of you. I'm going to go, I'm going to wait for, I'm going to go sit over here under a tree and wait till they show up. And I'll surrender, and they're going to fly me back to the U.S., and I'll go figure it oh, well, out. And now there were some people who did. Yes. There were some actual people who escaped, some who survived. Some fake drinking the Kool-Aid and lied, de- played yeah. dead for a while. So it was uh, there was ones who hid in the jungle, almost died until yeah. they were found. Um, it, it's, it's crazy. Um, but uh, he, yeah, in listening to the recording, people are standing up and talking about 
almost how excited and proud they are to drink the Kool-Aid with, with um, can't remember how they refer to him, but it's almost like dear leader. You mm-hmm. know, it's like mm-hmm. our leader. And uh, before him, I was nothing. I had nothing, you know. Um, and now I'm going to, you know, do this with him. And he basically had to say, okay, okay, enough, enough. We, we have to do it now. Right. And somebody get, and he starts saying things like somebody get, the medicine so we don't have convulsions right after we take the cyanide right <laughs> and well and there's also like you know i think that they actually they actually had some of his henchmen going through the crowd like really kind of forcing people who weren't weren't yeah. were who were timid about it or weren't sure yeah i mean they really well and he dies by gunshot did he really yeah and so they don't know if he did it or somebody else did. He may have had a pact yeah. with someone, one of the other followers, because he. Didn't there was want somebody to... else who died of a gunshot wound as well. Interesting. So they think that it may have been that uh, it was like some assistant or something mm-hmm, mm-hmm. may have killed him and then killed herself. Wow, crazy. Um, I just wanted to mention a couple others. Um, well, I guess really just honorable one. mentions. Yeah, that um, these are ones where nobody died. Well, this one in particular in the wild, wild country. Yeah. Raj. People Nies. did die, but it wasn't a couple. There were a couple. There was a murder or two. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And and the biggest thing is 700 people were poisoned in the town. Yeah. But they didn't die. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing where, where when we talk about it, it's like, this is what they, they want this to come to some kind of a conclusion. Yeah. It's almost like they don't want it to go on forever. They want it to come to some conclusion, which I think is odd, but maybe it's because... They are like everything revolves around them, and maybe the the cult can't go on without them. I don't yeah. know. Is that, maybe that's their thinking? But like basically, the cult Ra, Ra, Rajnispuram, something like that. Hmm. Rajnispuram. It seems like they could have kept this cult going for a lot longer if they hadn't tried to take over the entire town. This one's weird, and you should watch the documentary because um, my takeaway on the, on it is that it's really not. He he was he's kind of. I don't even think he was that bright. Like I think he was just. I honestly think he became a figurehead for his assistant, who became this oh. elevated this woman who was who was the actual type A personality. We've I'm had not some presidents like that absolving him from responsibility, right? right. But um. But I think he wasn't really, I think he really liked Rolexes and Rolls Royces and kind of hid away a lot of the time and really didn't do much. And she would go into the room and come out with the orders. Ooh. And uh, and she's a she's a force to be reckoned with. And and their, their, their big promise was like sexual enlightenment, right? I suppose. Yeah, that's something, probably what it was. Something crazy like that. Yeah, and then of course they took all your money to right. get in. You had to, to give mean, up your assets. There's a lot of enlightenment that I promise you if you give me all your money. But again, like you, you pointed that we we were laughing at this. It's it's a pyramid scheme, right? right. I mean, you have to bring more in because because everyone who comes to the door, yeah, they may give you all their money, but you got to feed all of these people. And they're not making more money. Yeah, they're yeah they're done. They're not creating anything. You could try the Manson family route, and you can go murder people and take their money. But yeah. that's kind of like. Not going to last very it's long also either, got, right? Yeah, it's got its flaws. You could try the legging route. Lula you, could, Rowe. you could do leggings. And they didn't have to kill anybody. They Though didn't if, have to. If a murder was going to happen, it was strangulation by leggings. They killed some... Wrapped around the neck. They killed, they killed some self-esteem out <laughs> That's there. That's right. You get those leggings on. 
So, Mark, that that's, you know, really, um, I kind of just wanted to do an overview of cults just, because just I, I think, like, uh, I would like to pick one or two of these and go deeper in another episode. I think it's or, a good idea. Or we start a whole other podcast that is about cults. It could just be called The Cult. We could play, like, She Sells Sanctuary that's on right, the way in or, you know, maybe Fire we, Maybe woman. we dress in pirate shirts, like... <laughs> Ian Asbury yeah. yeah absolutely we'll get bandanas and the things that hang down from your yeah we'll get tassel yeah. things with tassels on them right we gotta learn some like sort of like some some hip shaking moves maybe we could have the radio the podcast podcasts. we could have like um, fog machines going great idea on stage sweating with yeah. hot lights yeah. on us seriously people it's really really hot in here <laughs> and the fog machines are on and I got my bandana on well, also, we can end with Firewoman. We have to wear all leather while she we do our podcast. Sanctuary to start Firewoman. Yeah, band. right. Yeah. So, well, so moving on from cults because um, it's an endless topic and, yes. and we should dig deeper. But um, I think we should discuss uh, a few maritime disasters. Always a good topic. Because there are fewer of, well, no, there are lots of those, actually. There are fewer of those that are as kind of ironically funny as the two I'm going to uh, offer well, that's, today. That's what I'm looking forward to is the ironically funny. It's, it's always the best topic and the dumb, the dumb disasters are, I mean, as long as they're old enough. Right. So, I mean, like if it wasn't just yesterday, yes, then we can make a well, and, and, and the first one's great because no one dies. And so it's okay. not that old. It's only seventies, but okay. And okay. then, but the, but the other ones, you know, 17th century and, it wasn't like hundreds, but like 30 so people died. So it's far enough away okay. that we could probably crack a joke or two. Right. But this one is the first one I'll go into with you is called, uh, I'll call it, we'll call it, it's, it's actually called the yellow submarine. And it did not involve the Beatles. Didn't involve the Beatles. In fact, um, uh, I looked it up and the, although the Beatles song was released three years before, um, and I looked up the reason, like I was thinking, I wanted to get, find out why this, what inspired the song, because I, originally I was like, well, they must have named this thing after would think, the right? song, but then I found yeah. out after the fact it wasn't. So what inspired the song, just because I did the research, is that, and this is kind of funny in itself, um, Paul McCartney was on a holiday in Greece, and um, he gets a yellow colored ice cream called a submarine. And to him, that's like, oh, yellow submarine. Right. What a and, good... and later he picks up on that. Right. But at the same similar time, apparently John Lennon, who's in London and hanging out with George Harrison and their wives, they take acid at a club <laughs> and they go back to John's estate and he proclaims himself captain of a, the bungalow that he owns and takes, which apparently he decides looks like a submarine and he sort of takes it over for the evening. So... That's sort of how their yellow submarine, sort of like the early inceptions of their yellow submarine. But now, this is that's kind of funny because you know, like Charles Manson's cult involved a lot of drugs. Yeah, the Beatles involved a lot of drugs. One of them murdered people, and one just made music. Murdered people, right? Well, Did John Lennon. The, I don't know if no, John Lennon the, murdered the Manson family. No, the Manson family. Right? They murdered <laughs> oh, oh, people. I thought you meant one of the Beatles. <laughs> no. Like which Beatle murdered people? I don't remember this. They the murdered, fifth Beatle. They murdered some songs, Mark. The fifth Beatle, the serial killer, turned into a serial right. killer. It was uh, Pete Best or whatever, right? Pete Best. Yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> he left and murdered people. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's the, he, that's so. T wow, I really got that wrong, Kevin. I really got that wrong. No, there was drugs in the Manson family. Oh, drugs yeah. in the Beatles. The Manson one 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 group murdered people. The other group made music. 
and both are both will be known throughout history for right. for overall history. One and I mean the the music one is much more fun. It's also it, harder. Yeah, it is harder. So Manson took the easy road, although he did try he to tried. do the music thing. He tried. He just sucked at it. So this is what could have. That's what could have happened to the Beatles if right. they didn't succeed. It's like Hitler was a failed painter. That's true. If yeah. he had been successful. You never know. Right. We could just be looking at, we could be all like, you know, sort of studying Adolf Hitler's, right. you know, in paint strokes. And, wow, yeah. look at that Hitler. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Look at that. Look at that Hitler. <laughs> Have you appreciated the Hitler? It's in, it's in the grand, it's above the grand staircase. Right. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> so the yellow submarine we're talking about here uh, is built by this guy named Jerry Bianco. He was a ship breaker. Remember what those guys are? They they they're the they do it now like in India, not in India, in Bangladesh and places like that. They they basically d- take apart old ships that are just oh, done yeah. instead of scuttling them on the sea floor or whatever. They 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 salvage yeah. the steel or whatever. Yeah, like Bing- Bangladesh and India are, were big countries for those things. And right? it is it's grueling work. Yeah. I mean, it's especially grueling work because they're pulling down tankers now, and it's just people with like you know like sandals on pulling the tankers up onto the shore yeah by hand yeah it's insane and then they're out there with sandals on like and and, And burning like yeah piles of asbestos yeah and just cutting through steel and so and it's pretty it's pretty rough so but this guy was um in the 60s and 70s he was breaking down smaller ships and he'd done wooden ships and things like that and he worked he's a salvager at the brooklyn naval yard and um and and the color Yellow was because uh, when he built his submarine, uh, the only paint they had was colored yellow. The cheapest paint they had was colored yellow, and that's the one he got his hands on uh, and could afford. So that's why it was ultimately yellow. So it had nothing to do with the Beatles song. But um, uh, he so the reason I bring those submarines up is because you can it's actually still visible in Coney Island Creek kind of like a harbor off of off of Coney Island um, because it's it's sunken and it's sitting with its with its top above the water um so with no real knowledge how to do this this guy Jerry starts building a submarine in his spare time out of uh, in a makeshift shed on Coney Island Creek and he begins attracting investors with this dream of riches that he's intended to find um some sunken ships like the Andalusia or the Andalusia um, and some others that sort of went down with like lots and lots of treasure. He's going to get investors for his homemade submarine. He gets investors for his homemade submarine. He, first, he starts selling shares in the sub like over the counter at like a local dollar store. And he's selling like locals, like, you know, like little, little, little slips of paper. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, invest $2 in your submarine. It's not uncult like in that way. Um, but it's the cult of money because they're all hoping that they get a little bit of money off of that he finds some treasure. So um, later he gets larger investors and eventually he actually, when all's said and done, he he raised three hundred thousand dollars. That's incredible. It's incredible. So he take he, it's he mostly he and his um, two sons and a, so occasional workmen when he has the money or needs and expertise that he doesn't have, and it takes him five years to build this submarine. He has no boat building experience, like not legitimately. He kind of figures it out. He's like, oh, I kind of, I don't know. You kind of pick things up here and there, you know? And um, right. so the boat, which he's actually named the Quester One, it's set to launch on October 17th, 1971. So he invites out the press and photographers are there. So there are photos of the day. And um, he's about to, so he's, so he is, a, he is about to, Put this thing in the water for the first time. 
and he puts it in the water. Uh, he's about to have it lifted with a 75-ton crane into the water. And, and oddly, it does look a little like the yellow submarine submarine, by the way. <laughs> he's about to have it lifted and dropped into the water um, with this 75-ton train except, uh, crane, except that it's eight pounds too heavy. <laughs> it's 75 tons and eight pounds. And that's the rating. You can't go any higher. So the crane... No, they no. don't. They don't lift it. What happens is oh, he, they don't even try. Not at seventy-five tons and eight pounds. They've got to trim some weight. How did they weigh it? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know. I Bunch of bathroom scales. <laughs> yeah, it's just stacked on top of each other. Right. This one's ten. This one's two hundred. Um, uh, and, and then um, so they they have to lose some weight. So they he takes off the ballasts off of one side of it, just enough to get it under 75 oh, tons. At least it could get it in the water. Right. But he doesn't take them off evenly. He takes them off of one side. And he tells the crane operator, now he prob- now anyone who doesn't know what ballasts are, it keeps things balanced in a ship. You know, um, a ballast will, it's the, basically the leveling weights on the either side of the ship that kind of keep it deep in the water and level, right? So, um, uh, so it's weighted at the bottom so it won't just tip right over because it's top heavy. Except if you put it all on one side. Except if you put it all on one side. <laughs> so the crane operator is told apparently explicitly do not put it all the way in the water and release it till we put the ballast back on. And the crane operator doesn't listen. For, for what reason? There's I can't find anything that says like the guy was drunk. The guy... He's just a local guy who has a you know, is able to operate a crane. Guy, local guy who's able to operate a 75-ton train. He's crane. being paid in beer. He's totally, yeah, yeah. Favors, he's mad, yeah. Right. Not, not enough beer. Maybe beer, he gave him the, they, paid him, they paid him in advance. Right. Um, so they hoist it up, they put it down into the water, and he lets it release the straps, and what does it do? It immediately tips over and <laughs> sinks. <laughs> it's over sinks yeah and right right in front of everybody the whole thing like now there no you know it's all and so um it it's a it's like a it's like a disaster he has press all over the place it's a total disaster so he and he's been spent five years building this thing and this is the pinnacle moment and there's nothing you can do right so they did actually bring the ship upright and apparently it was okay like it was in good shape but um but, um, and he even eventually, Jerry even got the ballasts on and puttered around the bay a little bit with it. And it worked. Apparently it worked okay. He found some shipwrecks with N- a bunch of treasure? No, unfortunately. Oh. Um, That's surprising. Well, the all the press there for one, well, I mean, this thing was a total pariah immediately. He was a laughing stock. Nobody wanted to go anywhere near it. And added to the fact that in, apparently in 71 and 72, there was a stock market, sort of a light crash or a semi-crash there. And speculative investors, they just kind of backed away from this kind of thing completely. And he couldn't get any more, more financing. So the sub, which you know had all these great intentions, never left the harbor. He, um, It did remain moored there for four years at first he was trying to get the investment money and it worked so he was hoping to be able to get it going but he couldn't get the money it sat there it sat there over time vandals got to it thieves broke in and stole some of the electronics and other things like that um and uh, anything of kind of a value and in 1975 
um, a big storm hit and it broke the sub loose from its mooring and it drifted upstream into some shallower waters into the creek and buried itself in the mud a few hundred yards from shore, which, um, and much of the top of it is still kind of sticking out of the water, including the, um, the conning tower, it's, which looks like a big, just like a big glass, like a upside down glass sitting on top of it, but it's painted uh, bright yellow with these with portholes in it, you know, and it just sits there, and you could still today go see it from the shore, or it just no nobody's moved it, nobody's doing anything with it. It's just like one of the many wrecks in the area. So that's the story of the yellow submarine, the real yellow submarine, real not yellow. the not that song that so people. He was the walrus. He's the walrus. That's right. Yeah. Uh huh. He's Eleanor Rigby. Cuckoo, cuckoo. <laughs> <laughs> So that's, so that's a, you know, I came across that story actually literally today and it's what set me off on this topic because it was all based on the fact that there's climate change going on and there's all these wrecks that people like to explore. So that one will not be visible in another 50 years. And it may not anyway, because the metal of course is deteriorating like crazy, but yeah, I mean, it's been, been a while now. It needs another coat of yellow paint. It really does. I'm going to lift it up, spray paint it and drop it back in. Speaking of lifting a ship. Uh-huh. This next one does get lifted up. Excellent. So have you heard of the Vasa? I don't think so. I've known about this story for ages mm-hmm. and I love it. It's really, really great. The Vasa was a Swedish warship. It was built in 1626, uh, from 1626 to 1628. So we're talking a ways back now. Uh, it's a Swedish ship. Sweden had grown like really significantly in the 17th century, and it went from this really sparsely populated country to a pretty major powerhouse in international affairs. And at the time, they had this king named uh, Gustav, Gustavus Adolphus, and he's this warring king, and he decides the country needs to maintain a strong military presence in the oh, Baltic. Yes. Yeah. Strong. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's, they've gotten a taste of power, and they kind of like it. It went from these little village huts, and nobody paid attention to, you know... Not uncommon. And so Gustavus, he wants to build bigger ships than the single deck ones that the Swedes had employed for years because he has dreams of a ship with like these two, you know, the, the grandiose stuff, these two gun decks and that are towering out of the water and bigger than anything else around them. And also military tactic, tactics, there had been some technological advances and the tactics had changed and people were more interested, they, the militaries were more interested in ships that were designed to board other ships. Well, they used to have ships that boarded other ships. I'm sorry, I should say. The single lower deck ships, the entire thing was like, I'm going to get on your ship and I'm going to attack you at sea by hand, more or less. But now um, they were thinking more about firepower, about cannons. And so they were building ships that could house more and more cannons. And of course, what's better than to be elevated in two decks, more cannons than one deck, etc. So the king orders four of these really expensive ships. They're wooden ships to be built um, and the first one's going to be the Vasa. And once, so once the hull and lower deck are completed of this ship, now key, they're building it in Stockholm, Sweden. So it's a, like, there's a lot of waterways and inlets and, and things. And so they're building it pretty much right in the middle of stock, practically in the middle of Stockholm. And, um, um, the hull and the lower gun decker are completed. And so they put it in the water because they don't really, they don't have a 75 ton crane, you know? So they're going to put it in the water as is and build up from there. Right. So they build the second left. So they've launched it essentially, and it's in the water, but it's moored in there and they're building. So they build up the second deck and they build the upper, the top deck, um, the exposed top deck. And, um, 
around this time, they're kind of completing the top deck and they, the captain who's responsible for supervising the building of the ship and who's going to be the captain of the ship, his name is Sofering Hansen. And he arranges a demonstration of the ship's stability for the vice admiral, um, this guy Fleming. Um, and Hansen has 30 men run back and forth together across the deck, with across the deck. And the intent to be like to see how the, how stable the ship is, right? right? And in this exercise, the ship begins to list dramatically back and forth as these guys are doing this, like really dramatically. And so they call off the demonstration out of fear that the thing's going to go over, right? And it's not even finished being built yet. And they think they can't even do it on moored. They're worried about it flipping over. So, but um, the king whose head is in the clouds is like pressuring them like crazy to get this thing done. He wants the, the flagship of their military. He wants some results here. Yeah, yeah, he wants some results. Yeah. So he's, he's pressuring them to get the, 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 the ship finished and the flagship of their sort of like their new military, naval military out there. So all of, so this stability issue is completely ignored. Now, the Vasa is going to carry about 74 24-pound cannons. Um, and it actually ends up being more than that, and it's whatever, but there's a bunch of armaments on Did this Did they thing. put them all up on the um, second level? They didn't. They okay. didn't do that. That would have been exceptionally stupid, but they didn't do that. They did not They did put them on the different levels. But you'll love, you'll like where this goes, let's just say. So... Um, it's going to be the largest concentration of artillery uh, in the Baltic at the time. It's, it's going to be a, a total formidable force. So in addition to this firepower, um, which is extensive, and um, it's also immensely ornate. So when it, it, the pictures of it are incredible online. I mean, it's beautiful. Um, it, it was very customary at the time to like make your ships like really over the top. And it's got incredible detailed wood carving and sculptures are painted in, in variety of colors all over it. It's very beautiful. Um, and now on August 10th, 1628, Captain Hansen, he takes the Vasa on her maiden voyage. So it's a calm day. Water's nice and not glassy, but pretty calm, not much of a wind. He takes it out to just give it a little test run around around, around the bay or whatever. And um, and they open up the gun ports and they pull open those, those, you know, through a rope from the top, whatever they mm-hmm. pull open the gun ports is kind of open like these upright, you know, s- holes that are pulled right. up the, 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 um, the, so you can stick your cannons out. And- yeah. They're pulled up and so they're open and they can push the cannons out and they're thinking they're going to do some sort of like salute and they're going to blow up some cannons to do a salute or something like that. So they, so they have the gun ports open. And they're going to t- fire the salute, and there's hundreds of onlookers uh, onlookers along the shore watching this. Because, I mean, it's a big event in a small and relatively small city yeah, at the time. Yeah, it's like the, the biggest ship with the most weapons ever. It's a big deal. People yeah. are coming out to watch it. So as they're sort of sailing, a big, well, a, a fairly strong gust of wind comes along and 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 it catches its sail don't forget these are actually sail sail sailboats at the time and it catches the sails and the thing goes to port it goes over hard and they cut the sails quickly down they, they like pull the sails quickly in and although it's it's listed really far to port it slowly brings itself back up to center but it's moving still and 
it happens to then cross between a gap in the bluff along its side where there's a there's an opening and there is a stronger wind coming through the gap which catches the sails pushes it to port harder than last time they try to cut the sails again but at this time it's gone over too far and the water starts to pour in from the lower gun ports which are open so basically they've got holes in their ship right you know and it 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 they, the, the gun ports have now pushed below the surface and they're bringing on water. And of course, you can't at this point right the ship. It's right. not what going are you to come. do now. You got nothing. Right. You get there's nothing in the toolbox. It's, it's all over. It's all over. The 30 guys can't go to the other side of the ship and get all that water weight, you know, like displaced. So the added weight stops the ship from righting itself. And as more water rushes in, the ship's quickly like quickly sinks like it sinks like right away and the whole thing is like an immediate disaster it it's about it's in about 105 feet of depth of water and about 400 feet from the shore it's like right there (laughs) i mean you could swim to like there are people who could swim to that you know no problem um survivors are clinging to the debris and the upper mast as the as nearby boats rush in to help about 30 Crew members did die, did drown. Unbelievable. The surviving crew members are questioned as to their sobriety. Um, <laughs> there's apparently a big investigation because they're looking for someone's head. What was was it your fault? Did was you have fault? too much rum? Yeah, Jorg Jorgensen, Jorg Jorgensen. If you didn't have so much rum, the wind would have caught the sails and tipped it over. They're totally trying to figure out who to blame for right. this thing because it's an Couldn't embarrassing be the disaster. Design, yeah. Well, that's another thing, though, and there is something to that because, um, so I'll get to that in a moment. So the surviving crew members are questioned. Everybody's grilled. They really are trying to find any kind of scapegoat, and they can't find one. Nobody is really at fault here. It kind of just happened. And um, uh, so anyway, the blame eventually does fall on the designer's head. The designer is this guy named Hendrik Hybertson, Hybertson, but he'd already died. He actually got died before the ship. Yeah, he died like, like that like within a week of the ship wow. so of the ship going over but he would he'd been sick and he'd gotten out of construction like really early on and and they'd like maybe even before they added the second gun deck so he really may not have had that much response and they also by the way didn't know how to do this yet like this is entirely new technology nobody knows how to build a ship like this yet they're trying to do it they're probably like me. Well, someone seemed. They, so I heard one guy did it down in wherever the hell. But in this case, they don't really know what they're doing. They sh- they should never have. They didn't test it enough. They didn't do anything right. Was was the term prototype not you know invented yet? They they were go- they were going to three D print it, Kevin. Um, right. But the three D printer wasn't working. <laughs> so they were like, yeah. let's just skip the they, prototype stage. Straight to production. They had. They couldn't find an outlet. There were no outlets. They had right. the printer, right. but in 1628, they just didn't have the Turns outlets. Turns out they didn't have power. Yeah, they had all the stuff. Right. They had Macs. They had printers. Right. Just 3D no, printers. No power. Yeah, you could no just. You know, they had squares. You could. You could have yeah, iPhones back then. None and of this like, stuff's new, Kevin. Yorg Don't you know is, this? Yorg was way ahead of his time with bringing in the 3D software. Totally, yeah, yeah. He's like, what we need here is some sort of like, you know, I don't know, CAD device. Right. Um. So. They did attempt to raise it right away, and they didn't know how to do this. They couldn't have done that, and they didn't do it. Um, so it lays at the bottom of Stockholm Harbor for 333 years. Yeah. 
They forget where it is. People for, don't remember even where where it is. And but in the fifties, this amateur archaeologist named Anders Franzen, he starts probing the bay of like the area with a homemade probe, like meticulously, like back and forth, back and forth. And eventually, he finds wood. He finds he find- the vasa. Just by himself, out there with a boat every day, like he as a hobby. He could have used a yellow submarine. He could have totally used a yellow <laughs> submarine. It's true. Even a, even like one that just sunk upside down, he right. could have at least seen it. That's right. He's like, oh, there it is. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> All I needed to do was, yeah. Actually, that's a good point. We should have tied these two together. If we'd only had the yellow submarine, yellow submarine. Right. but they didn't have an outlet to plug it in. That's See, right. that's the problem. It was an electric submarine. They had the submarine. They didn't have the outlet. It was an EV. Yeah. So... Um, Franz finds it, but they still can't really raise it, get the money into all the stuff. So, but, but they did eventually raise it actually. Um, it's raised to the surface in 61, temporarily stored, um, until 1988 when they eventually constructed an entire museum around it. I believe they hoisted it up and didn't bring it into a building. They built the building around it, I believe. And I believe if this is true, they have to keep it wet all the time or something like that. Because oh, yeah. the, that makes sense. The wood is so saturated. If you, if they dried, it would just crumble. Um, That's crazy. And so th- this is another like monument to failure. A massive monument to failure. It's That's also so cool. one of Sweden's biggest tourist attractions. I love it. It's fantastic. It's, it's wonderful. It's right up with there with the like the Burke Wills. Beautiful thing. Yeah. Go find go see the tree where they didn't dig. Right. Didn't think to dig again. Yeah. <laughs> the second time. <laughs> dig again. <laughs> right. So that's the story of the Vasa. That's the story of the Yellow Submarine. You're right, Kevin. If 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 Jerry Blanco had been born Swedish hundreds of years earlier, they'd have found they would have found this thing. That's right. With his yellow submarine. With his yellow submarine. But yeah, the, that's incredible. I mean, um, you know, the, it, the the stories kind of remind me of those videos that you, you'll you see once in a while. And I never know what the backstory is, but it's like, it looks like maybe it's in some third world country where they're trying to like use all the wrong things to try and get some thing onto a barge or off a barge oh, yeah, and the whole yeah. barge tips over yeah. and, and then it pulls the like Everything backhoe into yeah, the yeah, ocean yeah. and then it all sinks in two seconds and you're like yeah. the barge, all the stuff on it and the backhoe the whole thing. are gone. Yeah, and whatever the backhoe was attached, like the right. like whatever was anchored to, the house that it was anchored to and the car that was next door to right. it gets sucked into. Yeah, it's just like an, a chain reaction disaster. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, now, it's like that. It's too bad nobody thought to um, get this on video. I mean, imagine the TikTok you could have. Oh, yeah. yeah. Or your Instagram reels or whatever. Well, and the insurance adjusters would get, well, unless they were the cousin. Do you of think it that. was insured? You know, you wonder. They Either might one have, of these they had insurance back then. Did, did, did even the guy with the yellow submarine, did, did he insure it? He didn't. I mean, I saw a video of him, and he wasn't living like, like he had any big insurance right. payout. Do you know how much money in investor investments he had gotten? 300,000. 300,000. Yeah. Yeah. But I found out later he had to get, and he was also trying to raise another 600,000 so he could have the, the mothership that it would launch from. Oh, Which wow. is kind of, at this point, it's like, didn't anyone think of that? It's not going to like drive out there and do it. It's a tiny, it's a relatively small submarine that's designed to like bring airbags down and then inflate them 
it's going to need uh, like a, a mothership at the top, whatever they call them. Right. You know, Usually it ship. goes out there and then it just like yeah. lowers the thing into yeah, the water. Yeah, James Cameron gets dropped in with, right. uh, you know, Jacques Cousteau and they poke yeah. around. They get brought back up and then they have a delicious meal. It's too bad his partner wasn't James Cameron. Damn it. Yeah. Although maybe James Cameron would be dead. We wouldn't have Terminator 2, 3, or, or what are they on, 6 now? But we wouldn't have some yep. of the Terminators would that not would be made. a shame. It would be it would be a shame. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a shame. So this is this is the story of uh, some of some wonderfully hysterical maritime disasters, which I think um, I think it kind of counter, counterbalances the Charles Manson, um, the serial killers, the crazy Manson. Yeah. yeah. I like mean, like mass murderers. Yeah. A lot more people died in my stories than yours. They did. I went a little light today. Yeah. Low low body count on the side. There wasn't any of murders desk. in yours. Not a murder, not a one. Any human I can make trafficking? One no. No, no human trafficking. No, no. Man, Mark, it's nothing dull. But you know, I mean, the the idea that they just would would go and I mean, both both of those stories, they they kind of like the, things weren't really thought all the way through. Right. You know, that was like they thought of. I think they skipped right from the initial idea to the like moment of glory, and they skipped yeah. all the the part in between where yeah. you like think about you know all the steps and then testing, and you know normally maybe if this is like you know the equivalent of your era's Titanic, maybe you don't announce that you're launching the first ever attempt at doing this amazing thing just so everybody can watch your failure but like if, maybe you try it first without all the fanfare if it works then you say hey got this great new ship everybody's got to see it but unlike the burke willis affair um this there i suspect there are people in the chain of command in each of these who are lost to history they're the pilot they're buddy holly's pilot they're the one going I don't, I don't guys, I don't know if we got, I don't know if we've done the math on this correctly. Like I'm trying to like, are you a mathematician? And they're like, Oh, you like you, 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 you got it. You were, I work from my heart. Right. I work from my, my blood and sweat. I could feel it. This is the right design. I don't need your negativity right now. I'm trying I'm Swedish and I'm trying to launch this. This is what Swedish people sound like. You can't put more than 10 cannons on the second deck. You, I'm putting a hundred. I'm putting a hundred cannons. I'll show you. That's right. Right now. But I, I literally know how to do math. Right. And I've, I'm like, I've, I've, it's not going to work. You know what? They didn't believe in experts then either. What's interesting is that they did the, the right thing with the submarine and they cut, they didn't just drop it off. They try to lift a 75 and eight pound ton um, uh, submarine up with a 75 ton limit crane. They were super careful. They lifted it. They didn't like, it didn't come crashing down onto like a crowd of right. people. They just did the dumbest thing you could do. But, you know, doesn't that, like, taking it off of one side, that, that reminds me of maybe, like, that rookie mistake that people make in weightlifting. Do you remember this? You got the, like, the barbell, someone's going to bench press, uh-huh. and they're like, hey, uh, let's take 50 pounds off each side. And one person just goes and yanks 50 Takes pounds one off one side, side and the whole thing Figures they're going to, like, stroll around the other side at their <laughs> and leisure. the whole thing flips yeah. up in the air and yeah. crashes down. It's and not how it works. The entire weight room is like, oh, what's going on? It's not how it works. Oh, you newbie in the weight room. There's a thing called balance. Right. 
So these are our. Uh, this is our help is not in the way today, Kevin. I feel like we've uh, we've accomplished a great goal. Well, um, let's listen to it first. Yes, let's do that. Because how many um, other episodes have, do we have that are kind of like the burned pizza that have been thrown in the trash? Damn it! Don't <laughs> jinx it, Kevin. Don't jinx it. Good That's vibes, right. man. Help is not on the way. Uh, Kevin Ballman and Mark Dustin. Until next time. That's right. Until next time. Thank you.